Please input command codes. This is Rico. Welcome to Podcast 209 for January the 11th, 2009. Well, we're back with uh, just a uh, kind of a classic standard Treks and Sci-Fi show for you today. Going to look at the uh, Deep Space episode, uh, the first one from Season 5 called Apocalypse Rising. Uh, It's a heavy Klingon episode, a lot of good things in it, and something I've been uh, wanting to talk about uh, so that will be coming up here. We're going to do a full commentary on that episode. Uh, the music you're hearing in the background is by a guy named Marcus Klein. If you go over to desktopstarships.com, go to the download sounds area, you can find some cool Trek music and uh, other sound effects. So check that out. Uh, uh, we're going to talk about some of the, of course, Trek movie news. Some things happened this last week or two. And uh, a collectible later on. So uh, let's get going. Again, welcome to this week's edition of Treks in Sci-Fi, everyone. This is Rico in snowbound Michigan, uh, the dead of winter. It's cold. It's snowy. I'm inside podcasting. Uh, shoveled off another, I don't know, eight inches of snow we got yesterday. It's. Uh, <laughs> I think we've had more snow in the last two months here than we had like all the last couple of winters combined. Uh, it's pretty wild. I know a lot of the country's been having some crazy weather. And uh, other parts of the world. So I hope everyone is safe and sound. Uh, it is, uh, yeah, it's Mother Nature's way of saying it's, you know, Mother Nature is really the one in charge. So uh, always a, a little bit of a shock, though, when you wake up to that much snow. But uh, let's get talking to sci-fi. It's been a while. Uh, first off, I just want to say again, uh, very much uh, a, a big thanks to uh, Jeff, Jedi Jeff, for doing that excellent Earth 2 podcast last weekend. Jeff did a fantastic job. Uh, you know, I was someone who didn't really get into that series. I watched a few episodes and just it just never caught my uh, attention, and, and I never stuck with it. And once uh, you know, I 
it, it just lasted a season, so there was never really a chance to get caught back up. Of course, now DVDs are out. Uh, and uh, But again, it, Jeff really uh, sparked my interest once more, and I know a lot of people have... Uh, have written and written on the forum and uh, talked about it the same, uh, you know, impact. And, and that's, you know, the goal of these shows that I do and other guests will do from time to time, you know, just to bring out some things that maybe people have sort of forgotten or maybe they never got a chance to see, things that I think uh, are worthwhile and checking out and, and through the wonders of technology and DVD, we all have a chance again to to revisit. And I just threw all the uh, Earth to... Uh, DVDs up on my Netflix queue. So thanks for that, Jeff. Uh, it's a real interesting series. A lot of things about that series remind me of other things that they've done, but I wasn't, uh, I just didn't realize it was as long ago as it was. I, For some reason, I thought it was a very late 90s, early 2000, but it was like a 94, 95, 1994 or 5 series. I didn't realize it, you know, it's gosh, it's been like 15 years or so since that show was on. I, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's it's pretty unbelievable. And uh, anyway, uh, thanks again, Jeff. You did a great job, and I know everyone uh, really enjoyed your show. We've got a, uh, a guest cast again for uh, in a few weeks next month. Uh, we've got some people going to uh, be covering Doctor Who. That'll be uh, in early February, I think the second weekend of February. So uh, we'll uh, all look forward to that. I wanted to mention uh, a few people that have donated uh, to the podcast, uh, put some donations in this past week. Uh, Daniel, uh, let's see how you say your last name. He's Dangelus, I believe, on the forum. He's in the uh, UK. Daniel Vieira, Vieira, something like that, V-I-E-I-R-A. So Daniel, uh, who is, again, Dangelus on the forum, thanks for your donations. Also, Dave White uh, donated this past week. He is uh, someone who lives in New Zealand right now, so uh, and I know he's listened to the podcast for quite a long time. So, uh, again, very much appreciate your donations. If anyone else would like to send in a little donation or, or set up a little small monthly payment, uh, which I appreciate those still coming in from a few people, uh, you can go to the main webpage, treksinsci-fi.com. There's a donation link there. Also, uh, related to that, if you donate uh, $25 still, you can get the uh, Zero Podcast through 200 DVD set. I'm still doing those probably through the end of January. I'll still be making those and sending those out, uh, all the audio files and video casts, all in a nice two-DVD uh, collection in a little case, along with a guide for, uh, you know, hey, what podcast had this uh, episode or in, in collectible or whatever, a little guide list for you, and uh, all that nicely packaged and sent out to you if you'd uh, like to donate for that. Again, all those links are in the main treksinsci-fi.com webpage. What's the latest of the new Star Trek movie? Let's find out. This past week, uh, CES in Las Vegas, which is the annual uh, consumer electronics show, they show off all kinds of, you know, big screen TVs and computers and gadgets and phones. There was a uh, promotional uh, dinner uh, that was sponsored by uh, Paramount's promotional partner, Lenovo, which is a big computer maker, where they had on display three props from the, the upcoming Star Trek film. These are uh, the ones that they displayed were Uhura's uh, earpiece, that little silver thing you remember from the original series. It, this looks much like uh, the one from the original series, very much like it. In fact, in the movie, you probably won't be able to tell much of a difference. There are some very tiny differences. There's also a view of the new communicator, which looks like a flip-top device, uh, 
you know, it's it's difficult to say what it's going to look like. You only see it closed in the pictures that have shown up on the line. I'll link all this in the podcast notes if you haven't had a chance. I've also got a link up on the main website as well that you can get to these. Uh, there's uh, a gentleman uh, that posted them in his Flickr account, and that kind of, you know, got all disseminated throughout the Internet and all the Trek uh, websites and things. And then the oddest uh, object in here is something called uh, Dr. McCoy's tricorder, but it's more of a long cylinder too, very much uh, looking like a longer version of that little handheld scanner that McCoy used in the original series. It looks like there's something in it that will spin around. There's actually been uh, some people that have found something very similar, a real-world device, a, a pepper grinder or a salt grinder that there are some people that sell online that looks a lot like this. Maybe they took that device and kind of modified it. Anyway, they're calling it a tricorder here, but it looks more, again, like a handheld scanner that McCoy will use, along with he'll probably have a tricorder that he'll be carrying along. And, you know, the readings get fed from the scanner to the tricorder, that kind of a thing. So pretty cool stuff. Uh, I know on the Replica Prop Forum, where I'm a member, and uh, a lot of pages of people all whining and complaining already about these things not looking, you know, you know, kind of, you know, they look kind of ugly to them or they don't look like the way they should. And I just kind of made the point that just like the sets and the costumes and the ships and the props now in this film, there's really three or four ways. Well, maybe only three ways they could go with with what they were going to create for this film even down to the casting of the actors. First, you could match everything pretty much from the original series or close to it, almost make it a match. You could do something completely radically different, you know, where you don't you throw out everything that's gone on before. They're all walking around, you know, in, in just completely different outfits. Props don't look anything like the original. Sets don't look anything like it. The ships don't look anything like it. Or you can go somewhere, of course, in between, where they keep some similarities, but they change things uh, a fair amount, you know, more or less, depending on, you know, the guy who was designing what they just, you know, wanted to come up with. And, of course, that's the one they picked. To me, it's the only way you can go. Now, my other contention or comment about that is that, you could stick 100 people in a room, give them some paper, and say, here, design me something sort of like the old props or sort of like the old Enterprise and or the old bridge and so forth, and you get 100 different ideas and suggestions. So no matter what you do, there's going to be people that are going to like it and people that are not going to like it. Uh, I, you know, I have kind of mixed feelings about this. I, I love the classic look of the original series, the props, the sets, and everything like that. I personally think maybe things have been changed just a little too much, but I, again... I think it all is in context with what the movie's going to be like and the way the acting and the script and the whole thing comes together. So when all is said and done, we just have to wait until May 8th, 2009 to find out how it all comes together. But uh, I don't have a big problem with what I'm seeing, like I've been saying all along. Uh, we'll wait and see how it uh, all turns out. Another announcement this past week was that uh, uh, Paramount uh, and, and Star Trek uh, are putting out a uh, commercial during the Super Bowl. Uh, I think it's a one-minute spot, uh, which uh, will be airing on February 1st, of course, the big Super Bowl. It's, uh, or is it a 30-second spot? Let me, uh, let me pause the thing for a second. I'll take a quick look. Okay, it, it looks like they haven't said specifically whether it's 30 or 60. Uh, it looks like the guess mostly is that it's going to be only a 30-second uh, spot. Uh, probably an edited-together uh, short trailer. We're hoping that maybe there'll be a couple of quick clips in that that will be things that we haven't seen, that it won't be just the trailer we all know by heart now. 
uh, just edited uh, down that we might have a couple little bits in there that we haven't seen before. Anyway, so Super Bowl, February 1st, we'll get to see that. Uh, Another cool thing that just is coming out right now, it will be in comic shops, I think, this week. But online, you can get a preview. And again, I'll put this in the podcast notes. IDW, who is currently the holder of the Star Trek comic book license, has been putting out several uh, different titles over the past you know, year or two. They are doing a prequel series, a four-issue prequel to the movie uh, that's going to show up uh, over the next uh, about four months, uh, January, February, March, April, and you know, an issue each month leading up into the movie. Now, I'm not sure really how much they're going to be you know, spoiling anything or letting you know too much about the film by reading this, but of course, that's always a possibility. Right now, the cool thing is that the first five pages of the first issue of this comic are available for uh, viewing online. I haven't had a chance to look at them too closely yet. Actually, I just found this bit of news. It's pretty recent uh, this morning as I was getting ready to podcast. So uh, I will, again, link that to the podcast notes this week. And uh, we should check it out. It looks like the artwork's pretty good. IDW has been really doing a good job on their comics. I've uh, enjoyed what they've been doing. Uh, They've uh, got uh, some good artwork, and I think they know how to tell a pretty good Star Trek story. So um, this should be pretty cool. What's going on in the world of sci-fi? Stay tuned. Here's the news. Okay, a few uh, just sci-fi more related stories outside the Trek world uh, that I wanted to uh, mention and report on. I I went uh, last weekend uh, to a nearby uh, Henry Ford Museum that uh, is in Dearborn in Michigan, uh, they uh, they have got a lot of cars and of course things related to the Ford Motor Company and other things. Uh, it's a real nice place, big museum, and inside they've uh, got this piece of a traveling sci-fi exhibit. It's basically uh, sci-fi uh, movie and television costumes, a few props. It's called Out of This World, and it comes. Uh, it's basically a loaned bit of the collection from the the sci-fi museum that's out in uh, Washington in Seattle, I believe. Uh, there was some cool stuff here, some original from uh, original Trek costumes from the original series, some movie things, some props, a, a few Star Wars items, and some other things. I put a few uh, photos up on the forum for people to view there. Hey, if you're not a member of the forum, you should join up. Lots of cool other things related to the podcast and other areas there. But uh, you can see those, and I will also soon put them all up in my Flickr account, which there is a link uh, on the main page. You can get to the Flickr gallery of all my uh, sci-fi con pictures and uh, just you know pictures of Kaylee and lots of snow pictures lately, all kinds of things on my Flickr account. But you can, you'll can you be able to check out the whole group of shots there. Probably this week I'll get them up. I want to crop a few things, date them, and tag them and stuff like that. So I uh, will get those. I took quite a few pictures. I also took some video of this exhibit that I'm going to try to put together into a little mini podcast and release that sometime in the near future. So uh, a real cool thing. I'm glad I went to see it, uh, getting kind of a sort of a preliminary little taste of uh, you know next month's uh, big uh, Star Trek expedi- exhibition that will be uh, showing up here in the Detroit area next month in February. So looking forward to that. Uh, one other little bit of sci-fi news, and then we're going to get right into the uh, Apocalypse Rising episode of Deep Space Nine because that's going to take some while. Uh, take a while. Take some while. <laughs> oh, more Gatorade I need. I'm having Gatorade today. I, I, I needed it after uh, working my butt off out there shoveling all that snow. Anyway, 
Uh, the the thing I wanted to say sci-fi related was the last episode ever, well, except they're going to do some special movies, of Stargate Atlantis aired uh, just a couple of days ago on the Sci-Fi Channel. It was a kind of an action-packed episode. They didn't really do like, you know, it wasn't like, hey, we're, we're ending the series. It was just kind of, you know, the very few last few minutes of it, it was kind of like that. They kind of had this little group shot where they're all standing, you know, looking out over uh, outside the city of, you know, that they live in there on Atlantis. And uh, But it was a cool episode. It's it's very bittersweet and, and kind of sad to see them go. Uh, I've been a huge fan of Atlantis since the beginning. I liked it just as much as SG-1, the characters and the stories. Everything about the show, I think, is just as solid as Stargate SG-1 was. And I am very sorry that I only, you know, got five seasons and it definitely had a lot more life left in it. Uh, they had some great, fantastic episodes this past season. Uh, but they are going to do some movies, I guess, at least one that I know of, uh, that are going to go to DVD. And they did sort of announce a very, very teaser-like, you know, the new series Stargate Universe starting up sometime in 2009. I haven't heard really a lot about this series right now, so I'm going to have to wait and see uh, as they start to filter out information what it's all about I've heard some things that could be even about a lost ship out, uh, you know, in the universe in another galaxy. But that just seems strange to me to be a Stargate show like that. Stargate's all about wormholes and gate travel to other planets each week and that kind of stuff. So I don't know. We'll have to see. Maybe they're trying to change things and shake things up quite a bit. We'll uh, we'll keep an eye on it, and I'm sure I'll be watching when it starts up. I'm going to take a very short break now, and we'll get right into the uh, Deep Space Nine episode after I uh, come back. Oh, one last thing, though. I will, uh, after the break, I'm going to announce the this contest idea that I had, and then we will get into the Deep Space Nine episode. So I'll be right back in a minute, and uh, we will continue. Want to contribute to the weekly podcast with audio comments? Send them in to TrekSF at gmail.com or visit www.trexandsci-fi.com Trex and Sci-Fi with Rico Dust. I'm back. Uh, of course, that's Rick Moyer doing those little segue promos. Uh, you can check out his parody stuff over at christrocks.com forward slash parody. Uh, I just wanted to uh, come up uh, with a new contest for everyone to kind of start off the new year. I think I'm going to let this run for a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, we'll go, uh, actually, I think two weeks to get the entries in, maybe a week to do the voting, and then I'll explain all that in a minute. So it'll it'll, it'll take a few weeks to run this out, but I think it'll be fun. The idea that I had was with the, the new Star Trek movie, they've kind of recast the original series, new actors and all the... Uh, the roles that uh, were, we know Kirk Spock and the rest. What my thoughts were, since it's now, gosh, it's about 22 years old from 1987 when it started, the next generation. Uh, the idea that I had was, hey, let's recast the uh, main principal actors or the, you know, the main principal cast of TNG, of the next generation. Basically take, uh, and, and I don't want any entries that are just, hey, it would still be, you know, Patrick Stewart for Jean-Luc Picard and that kind of thing. All new cast, a whole new cast. And I'm not saying that, you know, hey, these guys are, are old and has-beens and they should be replaced. I just thought it would be a fun thing to do. So the idea, again, is to take uh, the main actors, and I'm talking about Picard, Riker, Geordi, Data, Dr. Crusher, 
uh, Counselor Troy, Worf, and Wesley. I think those are that covers everyone I wanted to, uh, to do. So that's what is that? Eight, eight of the the main principal cast. We'll leave out Tasha because she was only in there for you know most of the first season. But anyway, and Guinan, and we, you could go on and on. But that's the, that's the group I want to look at. Those eight people. And the way this is going to work is. Uh, if you remember on the forum, it will be very easy because uh, you can just shoot me a PM and, and send me your list. Now, I don't want anyone posting anything yet because I think people will have you know other ideas from other people. What I want to do, we're going to set the deadline for two weeks from today for getting your entries in. Now, if you're not a member on the forum, well, you should be. But if you just want to submit an entry for the contest, you can put your eight cast members on an email and send it over to treksf at gmail.com. And what I'm going to do with this, and the way we're going to decide the winner is two weeks after the uh, the podcast, you know, say, which, let's see, that'll be the 25th of January, two weeks to get your entries in. I'll talk about it and mention it in next week's podcast, too. I will post uh, all the entries uh, on the forum. And what it is, is everyone on the forum is going to be able to vote on the cast list that they like the best. Now, of course, you may like part of a cast better than another part of a cast for, you know, somebody else that they've come up with and so forth. But the only way to really simply do this is to take and and say, okay, I like that list the best, you know, overall or something like that. And I will list the cast, and then you get to vote on whoever submitted and so forth. So that's the way it's going to work, one vote. And if you are a forum member, you will get to vote. We'll probably do the voting over a one-week period of time. So like I said, two weeks for the entries, one week for the voting, and then we'll announce the winner. And the winner will receive uh, the idea that I had for that would be you will get uh, one of the DVD podcast sets. Uh, If you happen to be someone who wins and already has that set, well, I've got some other little goodies around here, and we could work out something along those lines uh, a t-shirt or two, action figures, stuff like that. So, uh, so don't uh, hesitate to enter if you happen to be somebody who's already ordered a DVD podcast set. So, hope that's not too <laughs> overboard on the explanation or complications or anything like that. If you have any questions, just sh- shoot me an email. But two weeks, you've got your uh, time to come up with your uh, sort of best uh, TNG new cast from actors out there. You know, and I would think you'd want to look for people that have similar looks and features, maybe something about their personality or so forth. But have fun with it. And uh, right now we're going to get into the Deep Space Nine episode, Apocalypse Rising. Last time on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Odom, what's wrong? I don't know. I think you did this to me. Now they're uh, showing uh, some scenes from the end of season four because Apocalypse Rising is the first episode of season five. So they're kind of giving you a little bit of recap. What have you done to him? We made him a solid. He's one of you now. Captain, I'm reading a heart, lungs, and a digestive system. It's as if you were human. When we considered the enemy and fired upon Captain, it's him. Gorham, what about him? During the link, I sensed that the other changelings were trying to hide things from me. Faces. Names. One of them was him. What are you saying? I'm saying 
that he's one of them. Gauron, the head of the Klingon Empire, is a changeling. should have been back hours ago. Maybe the meeting with Starfleet Command took longer than they thought it would. Why haven't Cisco or Dax contacted us? Well, the whole area they're traveling through is crawling with Klingon ships. The second they use their subspace transmitter, they become a target. Never should have let them leave in a runabout. I should have insisted that they take the Defiant. You did, but the captain's orders were clear. As long as we're at war with the Klingons, we need the Defiant here to help protect the station. All I know is I'd hate to be dodging Klingon raiding parties and nothing but a runabout. It would take a fleet of Klingon ships to breach the station's defenses. I say we take the Defiant and go look for them. I'm with Worf. Well, the two of you are in agreement. But with the captain gone, I am in charge of the station, and I say we stay. You may be in charge of the station, Major, but I command the Defiant. Mr. Worf, the captain has given us our orders, and I intend for us to follow them until he issues new ones. Hold on a minute. Reading a warp signature approaching the station. That's kind of an important uh, distinction there, you know. Kira the in control screen. of the station when Cisco's away, but Worf is uh, first officer and Except second command of the Defiant. Weapon systems, shields, and comm system are all pretty shut up. Life science. Two. One human, one trill. Permission to welcome the captain back on board. Permission granted. Glad you made it back in one piece. So are we. How was your meeting with Starfleet Command? I'm afraid the war's not going very well. The Klingons are throwing everything they have at us. Starfleet's been able to slow them down, but that's about all. It's hard to believe one changeling could cause so much chaos. He can if he's impersonating the leader of the Klingon Empire. So is Starfleet going to do something about Chancellor Gowron or not? Oh, they're going to do something. Starfleet's sending an infiltration team to Klingon territory. Their orders are to do whatever it takes to prove that Garon's a shapeshifter. Tough assignment. Who are they sending? Me. Yeah, Cisco and a couple others, at least. All right, let's get you some uh, background here on this episode. It was, again, the first episode of Season 5, Deep Space Nine. It kind of uh, is starting to really get into this whole war with the Changeling situation. The Klingons are very much against the Federation at this time. They're very suspicious and scared of the whole Changeling Empire. So there's a lot of conflict and a lot of uh, battles in these episodes. Let's see. Uh, oh, Kaylee came down. Yeah, Kaylee wants to be on the podcast. We have uh, this episode... It's written by Ira Stephen Bear and Robert Hewitt Wolf, uh, a couple of the regular uh, contributors to Deep Space Nine. Ira, of course, is one of the execs on the show. Directed by James Conway, a very regular season director of Deep Space Nine. This actually is the last episode. He goes on to uh, more of an executive position with uh, a studio after this. So this is the last episode that he got a chance to direct. Uh, they actually kind of pulled him back in and, and begged him to do it just because they wanted to start off the uh, 
first season or the first season the the first episode of this season kind of with a good solid guy they knew so they got uh, James back to direct it uh, uh, this is a really heavy Klingon episode and typically Ron Moore who of course execs and writes Battlestar Galactica the new one now would work on these types of episodes but he bowed out Ira uh, likes to do the initial episodes of the seasons he feels it's important to kind of set the tone for the year so he uh, took over this one, but of course, Ron did uh, several Klingon episodes even in this season as well, uh, very early on, too. So he certainly got a chance to continue to work on the show in, in the Klingon uh, area that he likes so much. So uh, now back into the episode uh, Apocalypse Rising. We're in, uh, of course, Quark's Bar here. You can hear the Dabo machines and all that. You're just in time for happy hour. Do I look happy, Quark? You think any of these people looked happy when they walked in here? Not good day. There's a war going on. But they come because they know I'll do everything in my power to help them forget their troubles. For a reasonable fee, of course. Now, what can I do for you? I'm looking for Odo. Oh, Captain, we all have our failures and he's mine. Ever since he lost his shape-shifting abilities, I haven't been able to get a smile out of him. Where is he? I'm telling you, Captain, that's one depressed exchange link. He's upstairs at his usual table. Just follow the black cloud. Interesting idea here for uh, for these this period of time to have Odo uh, as a solid. You mean the bubbles? Soothing, isn't it? You know, before I became a solid, I never heard that. I had no sense of taste, so I never paid much attention to food or drink. I had no idea how seductive they could be. (laughs) (sighs) He's having fun with a little drink of beer. Would you like me to get you a glass? I'm on duty. I'm not. I thought you were always on duty. You know, at first I found the whole process of ingestion disgusting. But now that I've gotten used to it, I find eating and drinking to be quite comforting. It's one of the few things that you... that we, humanoids, have control over. Not necessarily. There's always the temptation to eat too much, to drink too much. One has to find something to do with one's time. For some reason, my work isn't as fulfilling as it used to be. I might be able to do something about that. Starfleet has ordered us to try to expose the Garan Changeling. I want you to come with us. Maybe it would be better for you to take Deputy Indar. There's nothing I can do that he can't. I don't need Indar. I need you. What you need is someone who can turn into Gowron's pet Targ. I can't do that anymore. What I need is my chief of security. There'll be a staff meeting at 1600 hours. I expect you to be there. 
What's kind of interesting to me here is how long, you know, Odo always wanted to be a solid, more human, but now he kind of got the chance to do that, and he he's kind of like, eh, maybe a little overwhelmed, but not maybe all that thrilled with it either. In an asteroid field deep in Klingon space, it is probably the most heavily fortified installation in the Empire. There are at least 30 warships stationed there at any given time, and the entire asteroid field is protected by a tachyon detection grid. Which means there's no way we can get a cloaked ship within transporter range. Even if we do find a way inside, getting close to Galron will not be easy. He is guarded around the clock by his personal security force, the Yan Esleth. The Brotherhood of the Sword. Look, I don't want to sound negative, but even if you do get to Galron, how are you going to prove to the Klingons he's a changeling? I doubt he's going to stand still and let us take a blood sample. Klingons are obsessive about blood screenings. If he's lasted this long, the changeling impersonating Garon must have already found a way around them. There is another option. We could kill him. Dead changelings do revert to the gelatinous state. Our orders are to expose Garon, not assassinate him. Which is why Starfleet like idea. Just has kill given him. us <laughs> these. They look like little Death Stars, these objects that they've got. Uh, they're little, almost uh, round... Very impressive. ...little balls. What are they? They're modified Polaron emitters. Starfleet science thinks that exposure to Polaron radiation will have a destabilizing effect on changeling physiology. In other words, if we use these on Galron, and he is one of my people, he won't be able to retain his humanoid shape. That's the theory. The problem is, for it to work properly, you have to activate all four emitters at once. With this. I hate prototypes. Plus, too much Polaron radiation can be fatal, which means we can only expose a person once. Any more than that, changeling or not, and they could die from radiation poisoning. The plan is to smuggle these into Tiger Core. Once they're set up, they can cover about 12,000 cubic meters. So, let me get this straight. All we have to do is get past an enemy fleet, avoid attacking <laughs> detection grid, yeah, aim into the middle of Klingon headquarters, and all. avoid the Brotherhood of the Sword long enough to set these things up and activate them in front of Garon. If we succeed, there will be many songs sung in our honor. Let's hope we're there to hear them. <laughs> well, the first problem... Worf is funny. ...is how to get you safely to Tigercor. That's one I think I can solve. Klingon uh, bird of prey here that he's I must say, I'm shocked. You use my daughter to lure me here. You're asking me to risk my ship on some fool's errand into the Klingon Empire. And you're pregnant. I hope First Minister Shakar appreciates what a lucky man he is. Shakar's not the father. But then who is? Chief O'Brien. <laughs> Of course, the real father is uh, Alexander Sadig, who plays Bashir on the show, which Nana and her he were uh, well, kind of an item and married at this time. Condition? You won't be going on this. Well, got married later, I think. May not be as hopeless as you think. How could Cisco be so deluded to think that he and three of his crewmen can infiltrate Klingon military headquarters? They'll be caught in a heartbeat. Maybe. Maybe not. 
So we have uh, O'Brien. What's wrong, Descartes? Cisco. Haven't you ever seen a Klingon before? And Odo, all uh, disguised, very well disguised as Klingons. <laughs> and I guess these guys really, especially uh, Colmini, just hated the makeup. Uh, Colm, I guess, uh, really put up a fight, just couldn't stand it. The uh, costumes, too, that they also here. mentioned that they wore. These Klingon outfits ready are for departure, sir. very, very heavy and hot to wear. Captain, I insist we make a holographic record of the four of you. Consider it payment in full for the use of my vessel. Maybe after the mission. After the mission, you'll all be dead. Damar. Of course, Worf is with them as well, Let's not spoil this too. special moment with predictions of doom. Even you have to appreciate the audacity of Captain Sisko's plan. Personally, I think we'd be better off launching an orbital assault on Gowron's command center. A full spread of photon torpedoes would take care of him, the Klingon High Command, and everyone else within a few hundred kilometers. <laughs> you should ask Ducat for some shore leave. I think you've been in space too long. <laughs> Why? Because I'm willing to spill a little Klingon blood to get the job done? Shelling Tiger Corps won't get the job done. You'd be lucky to launch one torpedo before they shot you down. Besides, even a dozen won't penetrate the shielding around the command center. Thank you for your input, Mr. DeMar, but we'll stick to the original plan. Have you made any progress with our Klingon identification? Uh, Cisco worry, Avery Brooks makes an excellent looking to Klingon, Corps, too. We'll have something suitably impressive to plant in their central computer system. Our names should be added to the list of candidates for the Order of the Batleth. The Order of the Batleth? Don't you think you might be overdoing it? They'll be inducting some new members in a few days. And Chancellor Gowron will be presiding over the ceremony. That should make for a very interesting evening. Here are the results of the crew physicals. Anything interesting? Lieutenant Vilix Pran is budding again. You're kidding. How many will this make? Oh, let's see now. He had two from the last litter. Four before that could be anywhere from eight to eighteen. You'll need bigger quarters again. He said the request will be on your desk in the morning. Eighteen? I just hope I can survive one. You're doing great. Oh, I don't feel great. You're positively glowing. Oh, really? I think so. But then I suppose my opinion doesn't really count. Oh, it counts. But don't forget, this is still your fault. My fault? You performed the transfer from Keiko to me. After you volunteered. Oh, after you put the idea in my head. After you flew the runabout into an asteroid field. After you insisted we check on those anomalous bioscans. That was Keiko! Well, that's right, it was, but I'd rather blame you. Whatever makes you happy. I never argue with my patients or my commanding officer. There's a little inside joke there, of course. It is actually his fault in real life, like I said earlier. So they, they did a few times me? that kind of thing in, in this season. But, uh, oh, God, it's Question a telephone. Is, you be able to that doesn't happen in a while, back. has it? Ah, my son. Hopefully someone will get it soon. We shall start with you. I am waiting. I don't understand. I am not interested in excuses. 
Are you a Klingon warrior or an Alvarian dung beetle? Now Worf's kind of giving him a little Klingon really crash course here. Do not look away from me. I called you a dung beetle. I heard you. And what is your response? You should have your eyes examined. <laughs> this is not going to work. It is not enough to look like a Klingon. One must act like one. Perhaps it is better if I went there. Are you questioning the validity of my plan? Very convincing, Captain. Hmm. But was it your intention to challenge me to a battle to the death? No, not at all. The next time, do not strike me with the back of your hand. Use your fist. This is more complicated than I thought. You should think twice before insulting a Klingon like that. What did I do? Look at you. You stand so far away from me. You speak so softly. Are you afraid of me or just disgusted by my presence? Klingon warriors speak proudly to each other. They do not whisper or keep their distance. Sorry. <laughs> I'll do better next time. Keep practicing. And Michael Dorn, of course, had years of Klingon experience here to, to use and... Uh, it's kind of funny to watch, especially Colm, uh, especially O'Brien, trying to be Klingon-like. Captain, I have no business being on this mission. I'm not a very convincing Klingon. Then you better work on becoming one, because like it or not, you are on this mission. I'd hate to be the reason it fails. Let me worry about that. Odo, I know this has been a difficult time for you that you would have never chosen to become a solid. But what's done is done. Brooding about it isn't going to change anything. And shirking your responsibilities isn't going to make you feel better about yourself. No. I don't suppose it will. It's kind of fun to see and interesting in them talking like this in the, in all the makeup and gear that they've got on. Uh, but uh, again, Avery Brooks, just really good job here as always. What's going on, Ducat? Being hailed by another bird of prey. What are you doing about it? We're hailing them back. I wouldn't worry. This happens all the time. Sir, they're requesting visual contact. By all means. It's a shame you can't see the hollow image I'm projecting over the comm system. I made quite an imposing Klingon. Sir, the hollow filter's not working. What do you mean it's not working? Let me take a look at it. Sir, they're repeating the request. The optronic relays are fused. Maybe Worf should speak to them. I might be able to convince them. I have a better idea. You should have let me speak to them. Was that really necessary? It was either that or trust in Mr. Worf's ability to lie. And frankly, I have more faith in my weapons. Get us out of here, Damar. I want to put as much distance between us and that wreckage as possible. Yeah, that's probably not the best thing to have done. But of course, they are at war with them right now, so... 
good effects in this episode, too. I hope I remember how to set this thing up. That is a joke. I am not amused. It's not easy being funny wearing these teeth. Well, Captain, I've enjoyed your company as always, but it appears it is time we said goodbye. I don't envy your assignment. Orbiting this place for the next day or so won't be the safest job in the galaxy either. Which is why we'll be leaving as soon as you beam down. Leaving? For how long? I really don't see any pressing need to come back. That's not what we agreed to. I realize that. But how long do you think we can stay here undetected without the holofilter? Besides, if you succeed, the war will be over and you won't need us. And if you fail... Did you add our names to the commendation list? I haven't survived this long by being sloppy, Mr. Worf. And now, Jodmos, son of Kobar, your medal awaits you. Klingon attitudes and look. Klingons always kind of remind me of the old, like, Vikings and that, you know, with all their stories of war and, you know, they're, they're sitting here and having these meals and drink and, and food and fights. It's uh, very Beowulf. Stop ringing that bell. <laughs> the Hall of Warriors. You can smell the blood of history in these stones. Come, we must celebrate. The cop! Now what? No. We celebrate! <laughs> Now back on uh, Deep Space Nine, it's a little scene with here you. with uh, Jake and Dr. Bashir. You can tell a lot about people's moods just by watching them walk on the promenade. When things are going good, people take their time, window shop, talk to their friends. And then there's days like today. Everybody's in a hurry. They can feel the Klingons breathing down their necks. Well, I shall have to remember to walk a little slower. Show no fear. That's my motto. Ops to Dr. Bashir. Go ahead, Major. Report to the infirmary. The Armstrong and the Drake were ambushed by a Klingon battle group, and they took heavy casualties. They'll be docking in a few minutes. I'm on my way. Your father's going to be all right, Jake. I suppose. But sometimes I wish that he wasn't so good at his job. That way... Maybe every once in a while, they'd give someone else the tough assignments. He goes where he's sent. It's all part of wearing the uniform. And I doubt that's ever going to change.
that is that they're drinking. It's like the fruit punch to me. Their starship. Maybe Gatorade. With one I... blow from my bedlet, I beheaded their helmsman. A tellerite. <laughs> the pig didn't even have time to raise his weapon. Well, then I turned my attention to the captain, a Benzonite named Leporin. Oh, he put up a valiant struggle. But in the end, I ripped the breathing tube from his head and... Now Cisco took this guy down. But don't get between me and the blood wine! You knew Captain Laporte? We went to the academy together. How long before Gowron gets here? Many hours. He will not appear until tomorrow morning at the earliest. This is an endurance test. As much as it is a celebration, it's part of the initiation rite for the Order of the Battle. The idea is to eat, drink, stay awake all night, and still be clear-eyed when Gowron arrives for the ceremony. So, when do we set up the emitters? Not until morning. I don't want to take the chance of anyone spotting them once they're in place. In that case, we might as well drink up. It's a pity it doesn't have any bubbles. I'm actually beginning to like blood wine. It's really not too bad. Except for the taste. Just be thankful the anti-intoxicant we took is still working. Or you would be so drunk you would not be able to stand. Cisco seems to be having a good time getting into this, but of course he's a little upset with the Klingons. Not bad! Captain of the Academy Wrestling Team. 22 years ago. General Martok! As Martok, J.G. Uh, Hertzler, excellent uh, actor, playing Martok throughout Deep Space Nine. You see him? What if he recognizes us? And we'll have come a long way for nothing. Kapla! 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 Martok is here. Galwan will not be far behind. Let's get it done. They had to do a lot of makeup, of course, and costuming for this episode specifically, and uh, did a great job. Actually got an Emmy uh, nomination. Didn't win anything, but uh, they got an the makeup team 
course, uh, with uh, Michael Westmore's department doing all kinds of prosthetic work Hold here. Did a great job uh, putting all these Klingons together oh, for I this. I would be honored to think so. Martok has now got O'Brien kind of thinking Paul he recognizes him. Of the House of Conja. The name is not familiar to me, but there is something about you. Perhaps we met on the battlefield. My regiment fought at Mempa. Mempa? Many noble deeds were done on that dark day. And yours have become legend. Mempa? Yes, that must be it. After the ceremony, would you honor me with a drink? We will salute the fallen. There is something very familiar about this face. That was a little bit of a close call there, of course, but uh, it wouldn't be that uh, you know easy without a few uh, people recognizing who they are and all that. Now they're putting together these little devices, trying to get them all set up. Two little halves again of this thing that looks like a little small. That uh, looks like a thermal detonator from Star Wars, almost like a. Like I said, it's even, it even looks like a mini Death Star. Kind of gold with a little uh, black area on it. They're setting them about the room. They're trying to create, there's four of them, and they have to create uh, a sort of a square area or an area where they're all intersecting so that uh, whoever's inside of it, if they're changeling, the radiation will reveal them. Hey, where's Gowron? Uh-oh, and Odo has just got rolled, rolled and discovered. The guy came up behind him as he was setting his in place, Odo's, and it rolled out and a Klingon found it. Get away from me, or you won't live to see Gowron. I'll take that. This looks like some sort of weapon. Hodrak, my brother. You found it. Found what? It is a Tinkerbot. A what? A Vulcan toy for children. The spoils of war from the raid on Arcanus. If you want one, you will have to find your own. Give this to your son. I'll make sure he gets it. Yeah, Warp, of course, there with a little quick thinking, gets the device back. Now Galran is walking in. Robert O'Reilly uh, always playing Galran in these episodes. This guy's got the buggiest eyes, you know. He's he's like ah. <laughs> Uh, he's always freaking me out with those eyes. Hang on, warriors, I salute you. At least those of you still on your feet. <laughs> it's important, too, when you think about all that Klingon this makeup on. The most you really can use are your eyes. When we honor you know, to kind of express yourself and act as much as you can. Whose deeds will live on in song and story. <laughs> So now, here, in this hallowed hall, under the watchful gaze of a couple of neat statues heroes, in this Klingon hall in this room too that they made for this episode. Actually, um, I have to say that the idea of this episode I didn't say I meant to say it earlier, but they were going to do a two-parter for this opener, but they decided uh, 
they could only really make one episode, and they, so they did spend a lot of money. They were trying to spread it out at first over two, but they decided again to make only one episode. And now the Klingons are being called up and you know, honored Glory with this Batleth Award with these medals. And your house. This is my place. Step down. Find another. Come forward to this son of Barat. That won't be necessary. Glory to you. Come forward, Hus, daughter of a Trom. Glory to you and your house. Okay, the devices are now all set. They're getting ready to activate them. Now Cisco just got called up. His name, his Klingon name. So he was about to activate the device, but he had to stop when Gauron called his name. Glory to you and your house. And your house. <laughs> I just love. He has his eyes peel back. And, Face. Seal the room! It seems we have some uninvited guests. Gauron just knocked him over the head, and uh, of course, there you heard he discovered that Cisco was uh, masquerading as a Klingon here, and they've caught them Captain, all now. I have no idea how much I've looked forward to killing you in battle. And now your foolishness has cheated me of that pleasure. I'm sorry to disappoint you. Leave us. You heard me! Don't you understand you've thrown your lives away for nothing? Or did you really think you could fool us into believing that Chancellor Gowron was a Dominion spy? Gowron is the one who's fooling you. And as long as you follow him, the Empire will be nothing but a pawn of the Founders. Where's your proof? You want proof? Take our Polaron emitters and use them on Gowron. Gowron had your equipment destroyed. Of course he did. He had to make sure he couldn't be tested. Captain, your mission was a failure. For that, you deserve to die. Would you be happier if we'd succeeded? I am a loyal officer of the Empire. We're right, don't you? You believe that Gowron is a changeling, too? That would be treason! Since when is it treasonous to act in the best interest of the Empire? How long have you suspected? Of course, uh, they've uh, dealt Once. with Martok before, so they I know him pretty well. a long time. And it is no secret that we have 
not always agreed on the way he runs the empire. He is a politician, too eager to compromise, too eager to talk. Last year, he stopped the attack on Deep Space Nine instead of going to war with the Federation. And then he changed. Suddenly, he was the one calling for war. I would have thought that would make you happy. At first, it did. But after the war began, he started ignoring the counsel of his generals, throwing aside all wisdom in his pursuit of victory. Our losses continue to mount, and still he listens to no one. No one but the founders. There is only one certain way to expose Galron for what he really is, to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is a changeling. Galron must die. Once he's dead, he'll revert to his natural form and all doubt will be eliminated. You could challenge him to honorable combat. There will be no honorable combat. No formal challenges. I will release you, then help you reach the Hall of Warriors. And then, you will kill him. The prisoners will come with me for further interrogation. General, I have strict orders from Garrod himself. The prisoners are not to leave this cell. I see. Well, we wouldn't want to disobey the Chancellor. Follow me. So now they're broken out, of course, you heard, and uh, they're on their way back to the hall. Then let us salute Rorak the Damned, conqueror of the Zorafel, liberator of Vrax. For the Empire. Let's go. Another thing about these statues in this Not hall, sure. I was going to say, they're actually There's carved no out of styrofoam. Uh, they look like they're supporting the hall, but they're not, uh, they're not all that solid. What is this? It is your death! Now Warp and Garrod are fighting. If this traitor wants a fight, I will give him one. You want to kill me, Wolf? You're welcome to try. Garron here has a bat lift. Warren just has a knife. What are they doing? Why doesn't Cisco just shoot him? I have a better question. Why isn't Garron letting his bodyguards kill Wolf? I'll tell you why. Klingon honor. A concept you should be very familiar with. My people, on the other hand, don't care about honor. How did you put it? There will be no honorable combat, no formal challenges, hardly the words of a Klingon. Tell me, General, did Gowron destroy the Polaron emitters, or did you? So Odo is figuring out.
now every time we shoot a hard shot. Once he sort of revealed himself. Took a lot of blasting to shoot that guy. Well, I mean, they're like 20 like Klingons shooting into him. The founders mislead Odo into thinking I was a spy, hoping that you'd eliminate me and pave the way for that thing imitating Martok to take over the Empire. That way, the war between the Federation and the Klingons would continue until both sides were destroyed. Leaving the Alpha Quadrant wide open for a Dominion invasion. That seems to have been their plan. And we played right into it. But they sorely underestimated Odo here. <laughs> Oh, here. If we really want to strike a blow against the Founders, we have to find a way to end this war. That may not be possible. Why not? You told us that the Martok Changeling was the one who pushed for the attack on the Federation. True, but if your Klingon blood wasn't so thin, you'd know that once battle has begun, there can be no turning back. You want the war to end? Then the Federation must allow us to annex Arcanus and the other worlds we've seized. I wouldn't count on that. But if the fighting stops... And the negotiations begin. Ah, yes. Talk. That's right. Talk. The last thing the Dominion wants. There he goes with his eyes again. <laughs> I will call a meeting of the High Council. Advise a temporary ceasefire. Where Garon leads, the Council will follow. Perhaps. I'll see to it that you're safely delivered back to that space station of yours. I'd appreciate that. You've done a great service to the Empire. For that, I thank you. As for you, you should have killed me when you had the chance. I promise you won't get another. I wouldn't be so sure about that one. Hell, that's better, isn't it? So now they're back. This know. goes well, back I could to do normal. It off the ridges, but I kind of missed the fangs. <laughs> well, that leaves you, Odo. That's about time. I, for one, won't miss the fangs at all. Well, you know, Constable, I can give you any face you like. Bajoran, human, trill. My old face will do very nicely. Thank you. You heard the man. <laughs> Whatever you say. There was a comment by uh, René Aubergenois, who plays Odo, of course, for this episode. He said the Klingon makeup was actually a lot lighter and easier to deal with than his own makeup as Odo, where he's, his whole face is just completely covered. He, uh, he kind of told the other guys who were complaining about the Klingon makeup. He told them to stop complaining and said that it was... Uh, not nearly as bad as uh, what he had to wear. So, that's the episode, Apocalypse Rising.
Okay, next up we have uh, a, a quick comment, uh, Terry, on this episode from Rick Moyer and a new uh, song, uh, which uh, I'm sure you're all going to love as much as I. So take it away, Rick. Hi there, Rico. This is Rick Moyer from Aberdeen, and I wanted to say thanks for reviewing DS9's episode, Apocalypse Rising. Way cool episode. I think some of my favorite episodes are when the cast and the crew dress up in different type of makeup and uh, go about their adventures, and this was one of those classic episodes like that. Great plot, really cool, nice twist, and I wrote a song all about it. I'm not going to talk long because the song's fairly long. Uh, this is to the Who's uh, Don't Be Fooled Again, um, and it's called We Won't Be Fooled Again, all about Odo. So uh, here you go. Enjoy. Uh, everybody let me know what you think. Thanks, Rico. Joined the link. I sensed that the other changelings were trying to hide things from me. Faces. Names. One of them was him. What are you saying? I'm saying that he's one of them. Gauron, the head of the Klingon Empire, is a changeling. We shall start with you. 
I am waiting. I don't understand. I am not interested in excuses. Are you a Klingon warrior or an Alvarian dung beetle? Thanks very much for that, Rick. Uh, excellent job, as always. Really appreciate that. I'm going to segue just kind of quickly right into a uh, review of a new collectible that I got a couple of weeks back. This uh, piece is uh, what it is. There's a company called Kotobukiya. I think I'm uh, saying that name correctly. 
Uh, it's a Japanese, I think, based company. Uh, they have put out a lot of vinyl uh, Star Wars pieces over the years that uh, are really nice little statues and collectibles that usually come in a few pieces and you kind of assemble them together. I think we've talked about them before. I have a Vader one. Uh, they did the the first of a series, I think, uh, of uh, cast statues. These are not vinyl. They're cold cast statues. And the first piece that they put out is a piece depicting Iron Man as uh, seen basically from the last uh, Springs movie uh, with Tony uh, Tony Stark, <laughs> with Robert Tony Jr. playing Iron Man and Tony Stark. This piece, it's about, uh, I guess, about 13 inches tall or so. It's uh, in a nice uh, pose, painted. It ha- takes a couple of batteries. It's on a nice stand, and so he lights up his repulsor rays in his hands, and his chest lights up. Uh, again, as always, I'll put some photos up uh, of this in the gallery and the podcast notes. It's a very, very nice piece. Uh, it's a very solid it doesn't come off the base. It's attached to the base permanently. But again, like I said, it's it's in a very nice pose. He's just kind of standing there looking very Iron Man, superhero-like. And uh, it's uh, the paint job is very nice. has kind of a metallic, uh, uh, again, kind of like a car paint, kind of bright and shiny look to him. It's maybe just a little darker than I would have expected. Uh, the red and the gold are both a little bit darker, but nothing bad at all. And, again, you'll be able to see in the photos more, more of what I'm talking about. But Kotobukiya did a great job with this. It's uh, The light-up feature, too, is very cool. That's a nice little added benefit. There's, it takes a couple batteries in the stand. Uh, the base of it, you put. Uh, there's a little switch on the bottom. You can turn it on. And the base says Iron Man, and I don't know what else really much to say about it except it's cool. It doesn't pose in any different ways. It's not flexible or movable or anything like that. It's just, like I said, a st- solid statue. Uh, these are still available. I got mine from a Sideshow, uh, but I'm sure you can find them on eBay. And uh, if they're still available on Sideshow's site, I think that's where, yeah, that's where I got this one from. I will link that again all in the podcast notes. Uh, but again, a very nice piece. Maybe, I think it was around 150 I think is what it cost. But uh, that price, of course, varies depending on where you buy it online. So that is the Kotobukiya statue of Iron Man for you. Well, everyone, we've come to uh, basically the end of another po- podcast. <laughs> I have been I feel like I've been laughing a lot today. I don't know why. I got a pretty good amount of sleep last night. So uh, uh, maybe it's the weird weather or something. I don't know. And the next podcast, next week's podcast, is going to be a little different, a uh, special one, something I've been wanting to cover. Uh, and I think I talked about uh, not too long ago when I was kind of giving a preview about upcoming podcasts. We're going to cover Western-based sci-fi uh, TV, primarily TV, maybe a little bit of movies, too. But, you know, things like the Wild Wild West, Briscoe County, and, of course, we'll have to talk about Firefly as well. That's all going to be coming up on next week's podcast next Sunday. I would greatly like to uh, get a lot of comments about your favorite Western sci-fi show. Please send those in before next week uh, to treksf at gmail.com, and I'll play them on the show. As always, thanks for listening, everyone. Throw up a review on iTunes, Podcast Alley, uh, if you haven't been to those places in a while. It would be great to start off 2009 with a new review up there for Treks and Sci-Fi. Oh, one last uh, little comment I wanted to make. 
the uh, cool website, trekmovie.com, put out sort of a best of Trek fan productions uh, for 2008. And, uh, well, yours truly, Treks in Sci-Fi, and myself won for uh, best uh, podcast, best Star Trek podcast of 2008 from trekmovie.com. I really uh, was very uh, surprised and and kind of pleased and a little bit shocked that, uh, you know, there's several great Trek podcasts out there. Uh, things that I've listened to, and uh, but uh, they chose uh, my show here, uh, Treks in Sci-Fi, and uh, I'd like to also say I, I think a lot of what goes into this show is all uh, thanks to a lot of people, people from the forums, uh, people that I've talked to over the years doing the show. You guys uh, really give me a lot of support and give me a lot of ideas and always make me continue to uh, try to do things new and, and do better each week for the show. So thanks to you and uh, thanks to TrekMovie.com for that cool little uh, honor. It's uh, greatly appreciated. So uh, that's about it. I will get out of here, edit this up, and get it up online. Uh, again, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. And I uh, hope you will enjoyed uh, this week's show. I will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, folks. You've been listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. Your weekly dose of geeky goodness and sci-fi entertainment news.